The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix podcast. Tune in today. Feels like this story could be... Could be, could blow up, well... We, we should use uh, puns like blow up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Kia ora welcome to The Real Pod. We're still reeling a bit, Duncan and I, because we've spoken to a reality TV star. We can't uh, tell you much more than that at the moment. Um, we will be playing that interview and reality check later on in the show. It's it's an absolute it's 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 dynamite. It's d- literal. It's dynamite. <laughs> dynamite. Uh, my name is Janie. I'm joined by Duncan Grieve and Alex Casey from Christchurch, Hi. beaming in via the telephone beaming. machine. She beaming. beaming. Look and at beaming that face. In. So good to see you both again. <laughs> so good to see you. And next week we're all going to be in the same room, aren't we? Is it? No. Nope. Week, week after. after. Week, no. after. week after. I'm a week ahead of myself. I'm too excited. It's the problem. It's it's going to be huge. It's it's. I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> We're so excited about your seat. It's just sitting here waiting for you. We've got a microphone, a seat. We've got a glass of water there for you. We'll leave that untouched so that you can enjoy Thank that you. when you arrive in two weeks. Thank you. Very Build nice. the microbes. Um, if you want to join the conversation, if you want to send us your selfies, tag your flatties, go along to The Real Pod Corner. It's our Facebook page. It's a great time. Uh, we're also in Discord. Links to both of those are in our show notes. Uh, that's the housekeeping, uh, and I think we should just get into the real news because we've got a stonker of a show today. Where do we start? Where do we? St- I think we should talk oh. about the king. Let's talk about the king. The real, uh, arguably, the reality television event of. Well, the last <laughs> 70 years. So, certainly the biggest one since the uh, reunion specials for Married at First Sight season 10. Okay, look, <laughs> Alex, we talked uh, last week, we had a, a wee pop-up special about your oral history of De Hamo's We Gone Ride. Great, great read. And then uh, and then you, you popped on the internet machine and typed up some things around the, the King's coronation with Tara Ward, and that was another sensational bit of coverage. Thank you, Jane. Also Thank included you, Jane. a De Hamo reference it did. in it. Yeah. Important. Yeah. It did. You've got to do it. I still can't stop thinking about it. Um, yeah, so Tara and I decided to live blog the whole thing. Tara was an absolute warrior. She started at seven, sh- seven sharp, <laughs> quote, quote unquote, and I was actually at a 21st out in Rangiora, had to hone back, um, in missed your, the speeches. In your golden carriage? <laughs> yeah, in my habanero to- Toyota Aqua. <laughs> Arguably as ostentatious <laughs> and gaudy <laughs> as the golden carriage. And yeah, jumped on at, at 9 p.m. and we went through till 1.30. And it was like, what I didn't bank on was that no other media outlet would make a single joke <laughs> about the single funniest, like craziest ceremony I've ever seen in my life. This is so something that should be treated with respect and reverence. And but but the funny shoes and the and Katy Perry losing her way and all the, the many, big many afro, things. the big mustache, sword There's lady, so many layers of clothing, the cave like, sneaking in the back, dynamo there. Oh, what? Like, it's yeah. just like it's so so funny. So no, we had a great time, and I I I'd actually. Earlier that day, I got given a free bag of jelly beans at the chemist warehouse, and they were like gluco beans, like I think like kind of health oh, beans for diabetes and, and stuff. And I smashed the whole bag, oh. and I was just like, I was wild. So no, it was a great time. Um, I really enjoyed the anointing ceremony. Was probably my favourite part, where the king disappeared behind some beautiful embroidered screens, like something out of Midsummer, and then emerged in a subtle linen sort of tunic to symbolise simplicity, and then immediately slipped into like a, what looked to me like a gold sequin 
gold member robe. <laughs> <laughs> and no one was laughing. Everyone looked miserable. It was just so bizarre. It was so... I mean, you both watched it, didn't you? I watched the coverage that you did of it. I watched all of it um, while, while mainly having your coverage read to, to us. <laughs> we, we were like in a little hotel room, about six of us, and uh, such a weird television event because mm. no ads... No music beyond that was made by the people in the room. Oh, there was live. a lot of that, though. Yeah, there was. But also the, 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 the no commentary apart from, you, you know how um, quite often when uh, like Rupert was speaking, they just have sort of inaudible mumbling as, as the caption just yeah. to own him. Uh, sorry, second mass reference um, of the pod already. But that's what the commentary felt like. It was just they were so reverent that it was completely inaudible what what was actually going on. And I was like, I get that this thing is seven hundred years old or however old the royal family is, but weird that the coverage also felt like it was unchanged <laughs> since they first started broadcasting it during the bubonic plague or something. It was real odd. How nudie does he get when he goes behind the screen? Completely. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Bollock naked. No. I cannot emphasize yeah. enough. Bollock. Ass Royal ass, Bollock. Ass, yes. Chat. You're having, yeah. you're having <laughs> me yeah. on because I read in your coverage they they anoint the the head and the palms and the nipples. No. I think or it's just sort of a little a little thing. Holy but cross. that oil is old. Like they pass the oil down from coronation to coronation. And like mix the old oil with the new oil every time. So there's part of that oil that's like 700 years old. Stinky. 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 <laughs> really good show. Um, what undies does yeah. he wear to the coronation? Like it's a 700 a, year old. Yeah. yeah. The, seven, the undies canvas. are passed down. Did they have undies back then? You know? Mm, probably maybe like, it's, it's probably like a pig's bladder or. But maybe that's, that, maybe that's <laughs> some that's sort of yuck. King Charles' big secret is that he just has never worn undies. Just yeah. never, never. Commando hey, Charlie. Uh, there was, in the one news coverage, there was a, um, they, they cut to, I can't remember who it was, Donna Marie? Donna Marie Lever? Was that her name? Something, something Lever? Anyway, she was out in the field. Uh, she was somewhere where they were having a party and the lady had marmalade sandwich in her bag and all that. But she said she she threw to someone who was, in her words, the, the, the biggest monarchist she knows. And then she oh. said, why is this such a big event? And this woman said, it's huge. This is just, this is a once in a lifetime thing for us. And I'm like, hmm. Set your clock for about 10 years, mate, because I think we're going to be going he again. He looks old. <laughs> like, he just looked he infirm. Looked yeah, he would look done. And he looked like he was going to cry. Like, he looks like he didn't want No this. one was happy. <laughs> I think he would have been happy to take on this job 20 years ago, but he yeah. was like, he'd put him for his pension, you know? Yeah. He was ready to just ride, ride off into the sunset with Camilla and have a nice, I don't know, a nice gondola on a on a lake. I don't know what... What, what are they called? Gondola? Gondola? There's two different types. Is it? And they're both called know. gondola. Well, one of them goes through. Gondola of the sky, the gondola of the sea. Yeah. 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 Um, you don't get that very often. No, but, you know, that's where, that, that's where I'm assuming his head was at. Nah. He was basically in a luxury flake ad. And then that would have been a big tune for them to bring out. Actually, is only, only the, the crumbliest yeah. flakiest chocolate. <laughs> like those coral boys, they would have absolutely killed that. Andrew Lloyd Webber <laughs> cover. Yeah, and then he's got to do this. And thing. Camilla, Camilla also looked miserable until it was her turn, and then she was glowing. And then, but then she was very worried about the hair, wasn't she? She was fiddling with the fringe, trying to tuck it back up there. Um, she was. It was. No, it was just a good fight. Again, it's like. It's the only bit of monoculture we have left no. is the fucking coronation. You know, it did feel like for a time. That coverage did really well, and I got lots of messages about it, and I was not banking on anyone watching it. I was surprised that the two of you even watched well, it. Well, I, I but, had it on in the lounge, and I was in the bedroom, so I heard, I definitely heard <laughs> a lot of mumbling and a lot of music, and I popped my head in for sort of important bits. Um, but largely I was just following uh, as you were updating on, on the website. Um, mm. But I feel like I got the main bits. I probably saw about 20 minutes total. I feel like I got all the main parts in, you know? I was just, you know, like, it, it was it's just, like, the, I thought Nick Cave's justification was just chef's kiss, yeah. you know? Like, mm. you you can't explain the... Like, like the desire to watch it any other way, any better, any better way than that. And that, have, that's, that was me. I have a question though. Yeah. If if we were invited 
to Be the, the next, official podcast. The next, the next one, mm. just yeah. as guests. Would you use the Nick Cave? Would you go? Because now that we know how long and boring it is, you know, like that shit, boring. Yeah, it really is. Go. You'd still go. <laughs> go I mean, go. if it was the three of us, it'd be great. We'd I don't get know if I can stories. afford four grand for some new shoes, but. Don't need to. Just hit up Barkers. Got some ins, you know. Do they pay for your flights? Barkers? Uh, who, the king? <laughs> the king. Could you be flown by Barkers, like how influencers get flown to Coachella by... Is it like an invite to a really fancy wedding, like a destination wedding, where you then have to pay for the accommodation, you've got to pay for your travel? I think so. Like, I assume that... So so Mike Hosking was the pool reporter for New Zealand, which is just funny. Like, you've got to admit. Hilarious. Um... But I still think that ZB would have had to pay his, I assume, first class slash private jet fares there. Right. Have we talked about the shoes? Did that had that come up no. on the last? No, that podcast? was Friday. Okay, let's talk so about Mike the shoes. Mike and Katie. Yeah, explain. Mike, Mike, and, Mike Katie. and Katie were sharing this massive yacht. That's what he calls it. Katie. <laughs> Katie. Katie was across the shop. <laughs> um, they went to this fancy shoe shop. Uh, in London to get Mike's coronation shoes and seemingly got spun an absolute yarn <laughs> by the sales All-time great salesmanship. <laughs> I have to credit Which, them. Um, shout out to Stuart Soman London at the spin-off for jumping on this huge story. It was great. Um, it was great. And the salesperson basically said that they had cobbled the same pair of shoes uh, for King Charles for the coronation and this was like the mock-up pair or whatever and they only exist in one size and this is the only pair, a very Cinderella situation. So, of course, Mike slipped his little tootsies in there and was like, I'll take them. (laughs) And then, yeah, they managed to fill like a lot of that show talking about these shoes, but um, not the same shoes. Just not not at all, not even (laughs) the same same genre (laughs) of shoe. Like the only thing they have in common is that they go on your foot. But that's (laughs) it. The king was wearing, like, beautiful ballet flats, <laughs> is how I would describe them, with a lovely bow. They were like... And Mike had these sort of tooled, brogue things that just looked nothing like them. So, good to see he's been swindled. I mean, I <laughs> thought they were like leprechaun shoes. Little, little... um. Charlie's. Colonial Pilgrim men's shoes is what when I when I type in leprechaun shoes into the Google machine, that's what comes up with the buckle. In terms of the buckle, look at that. That's very yeah, but yeah, but, but I don't even know if more, that's the, exactly the. It's, that's definitely not that. that Those look that like you can wear them pair, outside. That costume pair is definitely not the ones he was wearing. No. Um, but had <laughs> but had Mike Hosking gone to look sharp yeah. and said, "May I grab a leprechaun <laughs> outfit?" His shoes would have been closer. Much much closer. That's a good point. <laughs> Um, it's just a good time. It was. It was actually a lot of fun, but I think it was a lot of fun. Again, I'm sorry, I'm blowing smoke out your ass, something chronic, uh, but because of your coverage. And Tara, thank you. Chronic with a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of all that's happened in the world. Anything else? No, I think it's the end of our podcast. No, I just had one more question I wanted to ask the two of you, much like your hypothetical. If uh, you were to become king, king or queen, oh. unlikely, who but... would you be inviting from your like celebrity guest list? Who would be there? Who would be the real pod's coronation guest? Oh, wow. well, Colin would be there. Well, Colin he didn't invite there. us to his 50th, though, so... Stays happy. He's planning grudging. another one. He's he could be in one of those wings which, don't, which have... You know how when you go to a concert, you can sometimes get, like, tickets which where they sort of say explicitly, you can't see the stage as a big... You know? I feel like Colin <laughs> would have to have, like, some impeded view ticket to our coronation. Aunt Matilda would have to be there, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, who else? And the and the kids would be there. Kids would be They're there. The N- NASA would be my footman. NASA would be <laughs> NASA would be waving his invitation around on the red carpet, his hand drawn version. Um, <laughs> and if he didn't get invited, he would be doing a Johnny English swing on into the abbey. Actually, regardless. that's one person we would have in common is Rowan Atkinson, okay, yeah. well known, much better known as Johnny English, would be there. Um, I, I think whether or not NASA gets invited, he's there. We can just assume, right? Yeah, Mahesh, I reckon. Yep. Well, all will be revealed. Yep. And Gary Brown. Gary, Gary Brown for sure. Neil. I think we should try and get Neil there. Oh, rude, rude, Neil. Rude not to. <laughs> be rude too as well. Get him to do the anointing. Yeah. And that little pig. <laughs> oh, the little pig. <laughs> Needed more animals. Well, there were a lot of horses, and they did not stop crapping no. the whole time. No. That, the the mouth. Oh. How many poos a day does a horse do? Just out of interest. Alex. Well, you'd think one, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you think that. 
But it's like that all the horses saved it up for their big walk. No, average horse passes manure anywhere from four to twelve plus times <gasps> a day. Twelve. Oh, so my choose, a, God. choose a different still animal. Still, my crapping horse. Choose a different. An- Get pickle. <laughs> we will have pickle because he stays at home, locked inside all day. Don't poo. Will you bring all your fleas? Like, do you think? Okay, let's move on to the next story, which is the flea update. I think, fingers crossed. I think we might have done it. A flea bombed. They fled. Uh, he's. They fled. The fleas have fled, died, whatever, whatever it is that the magical toxic flea bomb did to the fleas and is probably also doing to me and my children. I, I think it might be done. I haven't found a flea on pickle for two days, and I was getting sort of up to twenty a day, you know. So, all, all's looking well so far. So, Thrilled. Amazing. Um, so that what might be the end of the series. What do you do? you got all this new, new like, spare time on your hands? You know, what are you doing with yourself? Well, no, I'm, I just brush him now. I mean, we've, we've created a real routine, Pickle and I, of an evening. Um, <laughs> we are, he, loves, he loves all the attention. I was like a monkey at the zoo, you know, picking fleas out of him. Didn't eat them, though. One or two. And then he, uh, he, he got really fond of just being, just having that human connection. So I, I plan to continue. That's a beautiful, you know, from tr- trials to triumph. Mm. It's really strengthened your relationship this, with Pickle. This whole the show. came to teach you that. <laughs> the whole show, I feel, today is about trials to triumph. Mm. Um, <laughs> I went to Rainbow's End on the weekend for my son's 11th birthday party. Jealous. Man, if you want to talk about a miserable crowd. <laughs> my well, what was the weather like on Saturday? <laughs> it rained a bit on and off. Um, when it rains, you get they, they have to close some of the rides, which sucks, but it also means they open up some of the stuff you pay for for free. Oh, it's this kind of it's like VR title. and yeah. Um, but no, it was. I mean, Rainbow's End is not Disneyland. It's really quite different. Like be- <laughs> different. you mean better? It's better in a, like if you like if worse you like stuff, worse it's stuff. Better. It's, better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I stopped for a moment and thought, you know, Australia's got Movie World and Universal Studios, and you know, the UK's got Alton Towers and. America's got all the things. And this is tourists who come to New Zealand go, let's go to the biggest, bestest theme park. And they go there. And as my eight-year-old said to me, the people who work here look miserable. They look like they hate their jobs. And it's so true. It's a whole bunch of, like, teenagers who I think, they thought, oh, yeah, let's sign up where the fun begins. Uh, Let's get a part-time job there. And then they go out, they get hammered and have to go Go bloody put petrol in motorboats for screaming oh, children be, all day. Be tough. It would be awful. Be a tough hangover. It gig. is scary to think that a lot of those miserable hungover teenagers have your life in their hands. <laughs> you know, like they're the ones who are pulling the levers and whatnot. <laughs> I don't know. I love. I've always had a great time. I actually am kind of keen to go to Rainbow's in the next time. I have I'm to say, I really enjoyed it. I did really enjoy it. I, what I felt like it's not doing what it probably sets out to do in terms of. You know, you walk in and it's a, a burst of fun and excitement. I mean, they had a fucking lolly scramble at one point on concrete. It was madness. I was like, this is health and safety. This is going to be, surely this has been banned. But no one got hurt. They know what they're doing. It's actually 1984 at Rainbow's End. Mm. It's a time warp. Maybe they should lean into that. Yeah. You know, like. I think they are. I think that's exactly what they're doing. <laughs> Wait, do you remember? But instead of promising fun, just promise like bleak. Yeah. The bleak old days. Bleak old days. <laughs> Come enjoy the bleak old days. Yeah, so it's like, it's like um, what's that place on the, the West Coast? You know, like... Shantytown? It's like Shantytown, but 80 yeah, Town. Yeah, yeah 80 Town. Did you, did you go to Savage Island, the launch of Savage's um, album at Rainbow's End? They took over, they made Rainbow's End Savage Island. I feel like that was the last time Rainbow's End was great. Make um, it great again. I mean, it seems weird if I didn't. I took a photo of me singing along to Nisian Mystic was playing over the loudspeaker at one point. I felt like that was real time and place, and I was going to send it to you, but I never did, but it lives on my phone if you want to see it. We <laughs> I went to the opening of, what's the big... The big new, well, new, it probably opened like 10 years ago, but the big like circle that swings around up in the air the, at the stratosphere. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That thing did not go on it. It looks scary. It's really, really fun. I went to the opening of it and um, Michael Murphy performed on that, the, the little Rainbow Kids stage to just me. <laughs> <laughs> like wow. it was empty and it was just Michael Murphy and he was singing Blurred Lines. <laughs> And I was like, this is a really cursed situation. How have you not written I'm about so that? Lucky to be here. That <laughs> yeah, feels like a whole chapter of, of your autobiography. 
anyway, go along to Rainbow Zen. It's a good time. I feel like we need to do like a working bee where everyone comes along with their brightly coloured paint and just tidies, puts, a, puts the wheelie bins out of sight in the in the crates and the pallets <laughs> that are lying around and just give it a little a little bit of love and life. It probably didn't help that it was a rainy day, you know. It just didn't. Just there's a bit of a cloud over things. Anyway, we had a great. Did you time. find the log flume? Sorry to keep talking log about it. Flume log flume was closed. Oh God! I know. Well, it was raining. No, because. Actually, they had a cock and bull story up um, on the fence about how a, uh, some sort of like dragon had come along and blah, blah, blah. The kids didn't fall for it at all. They're like maintenance, you know. <laughs> um, but it's also as part of the birthday, I made a cake. Do you want to tell us about the cake, Duncan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this has been causing me some issues. <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. Um, so Jane, on Sunday after the coronation, pretty tired, pretty hungry, Jane sends this picture of this just the most like ornate, over engineered chocolate cake that is covered in like just chocolate. It's it's but it's like Freddos and the brief was Freddos, Kit Kats, Crunchies, M and M's, all of those things. Dairy milk layer the outside, which is a like triple layer chocolate cake with like bags of icing, and she eats seemingly half of it. I assume alone and. <laughs> Then is like I need to get this away from me, and it's like it's like the you know, is it the grudge or something? Like basically, it feels like she passed it on to me, and now I am suffering because it's it's amazing. It's so yum. Every piece is like three or four days worth of calories, and and it's because because like every bit of chocolate is covered in chocolate icing and attached to chocolate sponge and. This, like you can really have at it. Like you can you can have it instead of a meal when you're very hungry, and it looks the same as when you started. Like this thing is so big and dense and hardcore. And um, yeah, so I came home. It's just on my my back doorstep, and I just look at it. And I go, oh man, you're. It's like when Taylor sees like a, a new conquest bow across the room, and it's just like, well, I guess this is the next three months. That was me with the chocolate cake. It was it was bad. I, I, so my son, he just like I said, he wanted that. We um, I made the cake. We cut into it. We all had like a mouthful. We went, oh, too much. I cut a bunch of it off and left it at Joel's house and was like, okay, that's for you. I'll take some home. But I forgot to take it home. I left it on his on his uh, table. He was going to the mall with the kids. I was going to Animates. He rings me up and says, you left cake behind. I was like, well, I'm at Animates. Just drop it off. We do a drive-by down Wagner Place where we, we stop and pass it. So is that it. like the DMZ between yeah. North and South Korea kind of thing? Yeah, basically. We, we pass it through the window because he said, I can't meet you at the mall. The kids are saying it's making them, the smell of it's making them feel sick. I need to get out of the car immediately. <laughs> Duncan had texted me <laughs> to so say, funny. oh, that looks yum. I could go some of that right now. So I just rang and was like... Be careful what you wish for, mate. And I just dropped it at your house like a bomb <laughs> and, and I ran. But I do want my Sistema back. Yeah, you, you'll get your Sistema back when I'm finished with the cake. <laughs> but I'm worried that I will finish the cake. It's so, and in, it's so intense. We'll be finished. Is it freezeable? Is no. it possible to keep a Sistema? No, it's just go, you just got to eat friend. it all today. Okay. That's just how it is. Bruce Bog Trotter, Bog Trotter it style. Is, it is Love Bog it. Trotter style cake. I will never... Make that it must have again. cost about 300 bucks. I spent a, quite a lot on choppy. <laughs> That's mad. That's madness. I know. But it's my one my one way that I'm still a good mum. It's the only way I'm still a good mum. When my children were born, I was like, I'm going to make you guys a motherfucking cake every year for your birthdays. And I've every year I've gotten better at doing different tricks and things. And I do, I do all right now. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty proud of my efforts. Um, but I've failed in every other category of mothering. Uh, so I just need to keep pushing through with the cakes. And then, I, you know, they can, they have to be grateful because that's all they'll remember. Yeah. It's going to be all they remember. True. They don't remember all the other shit I've done, but they're going to go, yeah, mum made a good cake. Um, Mike Poru, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> this is me. This is like a, an hour and a half away from going live, if it's the story I think about. They're launching a live shopping show on the New Zealand Herald. Yeah, I look, I, I'm skeptical about this. I'm just, just going to do a bit of foldage here. So live shopping is a is a huge phenomenon in in China and and but like so it's sort of social shopping. It's like it's a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. You get together, you do like group buying associated with a particular influencer who's doing like get ready with me stuff. It's like is well, that kind of like Lularoe? 
like what they do where they do like they do lives and they sell kind of, you know, I've got three of these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maggie, you've commented, you get that. And it's like, and it's just, it hasn't really worked, you know, in any kind of profound way outside. Like it's it's worked in some other Southeast Asian countries and like it's, it's like a thing, but it just hasn't really translated to the West particularly well and not for lack of trying. I'm not saying it won't ever, but it just hasn't yet. And I just think of all the platforms in the world where it's going to start in New Zealand. I just, with the greatest respect, I just don't think it's nzherald.co.nz, 12.30 on a rainy Tuesday. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And Mike Podu as the, the, you know. Well, I just hope he didn't have a McChicken for breakfast. Well, yesterday's McChicken. Well, if it, if it comes off. Well, maybe that's his power, you know. Maybe he'll do the best selling of his life because it'll be so <laughs> urgent. It'll be very yeah. urgent. He'll be, <laughs> so, he'll be so under the like pump. <laughs> please. Oh, bless him. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it is good to see Mike back in front of the camera, you know. He was... Did we? We had a shopping channel for a while, eh, that he was involved in, like a tally channel, because I remember we recapped him a wonderful afternoon where he was hawking um, slap sea sunglasses, which are those sunglasses that you throw oh, like onto a, your like face. Oh, like a slap band. Like those bracelets really and they wrap because around. Just like incredible Sunglasses footage. are a pain to put on. You have to unfold the arms yeah. and put you want, you want to be able to just throw them at you while, while you're sprinting. <laughs> Down the road, you know? Oh, my God. Okay, so I've just looked up, and this is cursed. Art Green and Mike Puru front New Zealand shopping channel. This is from 2016. Um, a New Zealand shopping channel has made its Australian TV debut featuring the selling talents of two former Bachelor stars. It was called Yes Shop, and it was a 24-7 channel. That's right. Uh, that ran out of a New Zealand-based studio. Huh. Incredible. And then that's when he got his now, first... His first sort of presenting experience at Green and then went on to take over. Well, he didn't. There was Dom, Dom Bowden came in in the middle there, but he ultimately ended up uh, hosting the Bachelor, Bachelor himself. And yeah. uh, I bet he didn't have to eat his sandwiches alone with neither cast nor crew. No, sir. Mm. <laughs> he would not eat something full so, with so many disgusting carbohydrates. Something else that has launched is uh, <laughs> Channel X. It's replaced Today FM. So in the Today FM feed, there is now a music-only station, which is... No DJs. No DJs, which is a great way of saying we are investing almost nothing into this. Um, it's basically Channel Z, but with an X. Uh, yeah. And some pretty... It's, it's also a complete rip Not pretty branding. Yeah, well, no, but I quite like it. It's got a kind of Grand Theft Auto sort of three oh, type it aesthetic. Is quite, they've got a MySpace. They've got a MySpace. They also sent that. us, all of us, I haven't told you this, a boombox with a with a mixtape. And the mixtape is good. Whoa. Yeah. What? How did you Holy. not tell us Well, I'm surprising you. It's an unboxing. Where it's is it? <laughs> What's on the mixtape? Uh, like the eels, Novocaine for yeah. the soul. Blink, I think it's What's My Age Again, um, oh, Sublime, What I Got. It's all quite obvious, but it's it's They're tunage. really, really late. I just don't understand why they didn't call it Channel Z. They well, just call it Channel Z. Yeah, it's not a crazy idea. The other thing they've done is, I didn't know about this, but um, but my friend Justin told me about it. There's a, there's a, there's a station called Brian FM which is really big in the provinces. It's got no sort of big city. Rip. It's massive. It's massive. Right, okay. And apparently it's just like they mm. just do song, ad, song, ad, no DJs, very similar music. And so the whole thing is very kind of Brian FM-esque. Ah. And, I mean, that just feels very radio, very media works, just to go and wholesale rip off a, an original idea that's working fine. Um. So is this, uh, I mean... Is this the way it's going to be now? We're just going to boot off all the DJs, just run some music. It's called Spotify, isn't it? There's another um, radio station in Christchurch, which is called Waves, 96 point something, and it's just the sound of the what? ocean. It's great to go to sleep to. That's great. You need to do like a... As far as I can get it. Story, I mean, someone story, correct me if I'm wrong. Story. Every time I flick onto it, it's just... It's just. Are you sounds, sure you're not like just waves. not quite got the tuner, the dial in the right position, and getting some static? <laughs> but there. when they come on to announce it, it's very clear voice. And then, and then, yes, yeah, so they, they back announce FM. like now we're going live to like you know, bloody Piha. They just come in occasionally and say waves ninety six point two, and then so they don't attribute the waves to, to a particular location. <laughs> you can't no, look up your favorite not... wave on demand. You can request, no. <laughs> you know. 
Hey, I've got to say one, one more thing because it's real funny. Um, last week I went to AUT. I know. That is hilarious. No, I, I, what I, the I, hell? I went as a guest speaker for their <laughs> podcasting um, paper and it was I was the last hour of a three-hour session at the end of the day Oof. and it was a bunch of teenage boys who could not have hated being there more than in that moment. Like I walked in the room and I think maybe one of them looked up. Um, and, and I know there's no danger of them listening to this because I was like, who's familiar with the spin-off podcast? Oh, and it was no, like dead room. Uh, no. And so I spent the next oh. 45 minutes monopodding, just give, monopodding. Give me your iPhones. I barely, I barely took a breath. There was one <laughs> delightful gentleman who felt sorry for me and asked me questions throughout oh. every now and again. And there were points where he put up his hand and you could see him trying to think of a question was in the moment. Samuel? He, he was in the corner of the room? Oh, I was honestly all lost at sea. Um, but it was really, it was quite, um, it was very real pod. You would have loved it, you guys. Um, but also while I was there, the radio station that started when I was at AUT is growing. It's proper and flash now. Um, but they still got the same janky logo that we made back in the day. I'm like, that is 20 years old. You need to sort that shit out. Again, they're not listening. I promise you they're not listening. Um, but if you were in that class, hello again. You might not remember me. I'm going to be at the Pod Summit on the weekend. Come along. You might have heard ads for it on this yeah, very network. Um, Gosh, you're busy. You're on the circuit. I am circuit. on the circuit. I am. I'm doing the speaker rounds of the two things you can do, and that will, <laughs> will be done and dusted come Saturday. Come say hi. All right, enough about us. We know you're just wading through all this shit, so you can find out who it is we've got as our special guest. This uh, is phenomenal. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. Let's wait no longer. Alex, you might want to say goodbye, though, because you're not here for this, so... Um, Haru to you. I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to go and I'll go, go, be going to listen to this great interview. Does that make sense in the world of yes. this podcast? No. I'm going to be a goal. I'm going to be goal. <laughs> Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. I am disgusted at how much you have copied my husband. <laughs> right, it's a very special section on Reality Check today because we have a guest who should be and has been on any number of our other podcasts, right? Um, we've got someone who is the National Party candidate for Auckland Central, uh, founder of Phase One Ventures, um, but in terms of the real pod, most significantly, appeared in a reality show in 2004 and something really, really bonkers happened to this person. Mahesh Molira, thank you so much for coming to the real pod. Who are you? Why are you here? <laughs> What's going on? Explain how you seem to be like created out of a sort of a lab where all of our podcasts are sort of. <laughs> I think I think that's a great place to start. To be honest, um, I have always wanted to live a life full of stories, and that was something that I decided when I was really young. And uh, I think to your point, I, it seems that I've embarked on that on that passage, which has involved me moving to New Zealand on my own when I was 14 from Singapore, Whoa. from Singapore to Napier in 2004, uh, and 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 doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Uh, 
being at University of Auckland, loving it, starting what is probably the most successful student club in University of Auckland called the Management Consulting Club, a little bit boring. Um, kind of and, internet, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and then this reality TV show incident uh, was one of the first leaders at Canva. Uh, wow! I was I was uh, person number twenty five. We were twenty million in this smaller room, and today it's three thousand five hundred people and forty billion. Um, I, I know Melanie personally. She donated sixteen billion last year, uh, and and now running for parliament. But um, I think I think it's just. A life full of stories, and one, one of my succeeding. key things. Wow! <laughs> wow! Him. Outrageously so. You, you know what the funny thing is, and we'll probably touch on that. Is we you talk about you said succeeding, right? But as we all know, part of succeeding, you, people just see the highlights, and not the incredible lowlights, and that's part and parcel of quote unquote succeeding. Well, we're going to talk about a low light today, actually, like a big time low light. In 2004, you were on a reality show called Going Straight. It was a Touchdown production. Touchdown was run by Julie Christie, infamous reality, I want to say queen. I don't know if that's I mean, the right infamous, word. it's like she, she's also Dame Julie Christie now. Yeah. She, she, you know, she does have a reputation as someone for whom her vision, her drive could create collateral damage and that was just sort of understood as part of, particularly in that era, part of how you... You, you made the thing happen, and I think that this is almost, you know, one of the most quintessential examples of that. We're, we're so teasing this I thing. I know, I know. A number of you listening will know exactly what we're talking about just by virtue of the name of the show, but it wasn't one of her big titles, and maybe perhaps because of what happened to you during the filming. But what was the premise? If you were to give us the synopsis of what the show was, what would you say? It's it's basically Fear Factor. Right. Right, so Fear Factor, uh, I, I think... Most people recognize Fear Factor, where it was this. It was one of the uh, early bastions of reality TV. Came out, and you know, you're challenging like gladiators through different contests and competitions. Um, and the one thing about the American version of Fear Factor was that it it involved eating uh, obscure uh, and absolutely ridiculous things. <laughs> um, New Zealand didn't have that. And I think um, uh, uh, Touchdown Productions was quite smart in regards to, oh, we're not doing fear factor. The only slant is uh, going straight means you've got to maintain a straight line, whatever difficult decisions, uh, difficult challenges that you're going through. So that's that 15% copyright difference they needed to have from fear factor. Probably, yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Brilliant. Uh, I got to say. Uh, so, so that was it. That was the base of the show. You had to maintain a straight line, whether it's up, down, horizontal, whatever it is, for X period of time while there was all kinds of crazy stuff happening to you. And I was 24 and um, I suppose in the peak of my youth. And, you know, I was, I'm always up for a challenge. And like I just said, uh, life full of stories. So someone sent me an email going, hey, they're advertising for this thing. And I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah. So there was one incident that happened that was, uh, you know, it made the news, it was extremely shocking, it sort of brought reality TV and certainly touched down Julie Christie um, under a, a lot of heat, uh, so to speak. But um, tell us where in the competition this happened. Like, How far through were you? Where, was it near the beginning? Was it near the end? Yeah, so it was right at the end. So first I had to go in, I can't remember who auditioned me, so you had to go through auditioning and you you know, you get selected and I was I was like, wow, I got selected. And it was five of us. And the first stunt, there were three stunts, so there were three different uh, levels. The first stunt involved me maintaining or us maintaining a straight line, jumping through one box to another and then a slim little pole connecting different boxes and each box was filled with eels and slimy fish and stuff like that, right? So you'd jump into the box and then there'd be this very narrow little bar that would connect to the next box. So you'd have to balance yourself on the bar and then jump into the next box. So you had like five of those uh, like boxes and I actually didn't make it through the first time. Oh. Yeah, I slipped. But everybody but one person... <laughs> Slipped. So that would have been the end of the show. So that would have been the end of the show, <laughs> straight off the bat, because they needed a minimum of, I think, three people to get through to the next round. So they had a second crack, and so we got through. And even then, quite a few of us had cuts yeah. as we slipped and all of these things. You could there was there was a sense of like it was a it was a bit budget but you know it's 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 Kiwi so we're like we we'll, we'll get by we'll be fine so so thinking about like through a modern kind of health and safety yeah. type lens 
it sounds like even then, like you shouldn't be getting cuts, you know, yeah. in this kind of quite freaky environment. Were you already sort of like, you know, what, what's going on here? No, I'm 24 years old, no. Napier, you know, <laughs> you know, growing up in New Zealand, you're like, yeah, whatever, you get on with things, right? So, so it was fine. So we did that. The second stunt, this was midwinter. The second stunt, I can't remember where it was. It was climbing up a raging waterfall with like a rope ladder. Right. Seems fine. Yeah, and and I remember like about three fourths the way in, I'm just you, you just feel frozen because there's just like gushing water, like absolute cold water rushing at you. I remember getting up, and then Manu Bennett, who's become a dear friend, um, coming up and charging to me and going trying to interview me, and I'm barely able to say anything because it was so cold. Um, but that was that was a good example of like being able to push my boundaries mm. and seeing what I could do, right? So so did that, and the last stunt uh, involved all of us maintaining a straight line while we were blindfolded. That's all we knew, right? So we were going to get blindfolded, and we had to maintain a straight line, and it was about I'd say maybe about 150 200 meters around there, and to constrain yourself within that straight line, there were these two like little like lines, like yeah. little bars. So you knew you had to walk through. Now, they didn't tell you what was about to happen. And we didn't see anybody. This was the last time. There's three of us left. Um, I fortunately assumed something distracting was going to happen. So I, what I did was I hunched down and I just sort of felt, my, felt the sides of the pole, the parameters, and just walked through. And so I got through it. The guy who was thrashing us through the whole thing, there was this guy, I can't remember his name, I think his name is Marcus. Uh, I think he'd won like New Zealand kayaking champion or something. He had like a six pack and I was still like, (laughs) I'd I'd brought dad, my dad bod back on even back then. (laughs) So, um, so, but he ran straight away and he came, went out of the parameters straight away. Right. Right. While I did it quite slow and one of the contestants did it like quite slow, but I did it faster than the other one. Yeah. So I won it. Honestly, you should watch the video. Manu asked me, do you think this is about the fastest tortoise? And then I said something geeky, like, yes, this is absolutely about the fastest tortoise <laughs> or something like that. Right. It's, it's hilarious. So... You won. You yes. basically won the show. Yes. In this last challenge, you haven't told us what was happening around you as you went down this straight line, but what was happening? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so to to distract us from maintaining a straight line, they had mines going off, like big, huge like mines. Landmines. Landmines. This seems illegal right just, from the outset. So what, was this like a one-episode show? Like, how does this thing work? It, it was over five days. Five days. It was over five it days. It was like a spectacular. Yeah, and, and I actually, to be honest, I don't know what the different classifications of mines are, but something which, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just, even if it's the most entry-level yeah. mine, it's still a goddamn yeah. mine. Yeah. I don't think that you can pick them up in Kmart. No, you know? no, definitely not. So there were these mines going off with big, um, big balloons of fire just like coming out, right? And I remember when I did it the first time, I started singing halfway through. And uh, later on, um, like veterans who happen to watch the show would say, would tell me that that's what they did when you have like bombshells coming wow. through. Like you, to just focus. You mm. just start humming or singing or something like that. What were you, what were you singing? You are my sunshine, nice. my only sunshine. Yeah, that's a classic. Terrible. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. That's all. That's yeah. all I could think of. Um, so I did it. Won the show. Um, Great! Congratulations! Won the show. Ten thousand dollars richer. Epic. Pack up your. Oh, hang on. Wait. Didn't quite get the shot. Yeah, that's right. So Julie um, flew down from a heli- heli- from a helicopter, and you're right about how clear she is about what she wants. And I'd spent five days or we'd spent five days doing what we were told to do, right? So you trust people, mm. etc. And, you know, uh, it's fine. And presumably there are health and safety people there. Yeah. One of the issues was uh, they let the safety officer go home, okay. right? They let the safety officer go home. At this point, once the show's, once, once once show's, show's wrapped, wrapped up, they yeah. let the safety officer go home. And then they wanted, uh, they forgot to put anti-inflammatory fluid on me. Um, which they put on the first time, and I had um, some sort of like highly inflammable sort of uh, uh, like you know bright um, polyester kind yeah, of yeah uh, like Backstreet Boys kind of style back in two thousand four <laughs> uh, attire on. on. Were you were you concerned, or were you just sort of elated at having one and like yeah, this is the I was, I was elated, made. I was relieved, uh, and then when Julie, Julie flew down, she said she wanted one more take. She wanted one more take because she wanted the helicopter shot. 
because I think the helicopter had been around for a while. Uh, so, so they asked me to recreate that final stunt. And like I said, I'd hunched down and like a little turtle, I'd like done it before. So I started doing it again and I was fine. I was like, okay, fine, sure. Why not? You know what you're doing. You you know what's in store this time. You've already done it once. Exactly. If anything, less, you know, less concerning. Yeah. And and to your point, I'm elated. I'm happy. I've just won the show. Oh my God, I'm going to be a TV star. Yay. Whatever. Right. Uh, And I start, uh, I start doing it. uh, And some, one of the producers from the side yelled, go faster because I think they wanted to get, they just wanted a shot, Mm. right? And I started going faster and the guy detonating the mines didn't realize I was going faster. So then I started going faster, I was right on top of a mine, the guy goes, pulls me and I just like lit up. They let off a mine next to you. Yeah. Well, I I think it was underneath me. Underneath you? Yeah. Like that's, the mines are designed to kill people. Yeah, that's right. Can you remember what went through your mind or what you felt physically in that exact moment? Yeah, it's vivid. It's very clear. I know what sheer panic feels like. Right. Right. Like it's just, just, I am on, like everything's on fire. Things are just crazy. And you're still blindfolded at this point. Um, no, I, for the shot, for the helicopter shot, they didn't even put a right, blindfold. Right. So because they were just recreating from top. So I, I, I light up. And what I tried to do was I tried to take my arms to flap the flames off. Mm-hmm. And that ended up lighting my f- arms and hands on fire. Uh, and I, we were on a beach. So I started running on the beach. And I remember very clearly hearing someone like seconds in yell, someone go get a fire extinguisher. And people are panicking because mm-hmm. the safety officer's got, gone home, right? And fortunately, someone, I think it was Manu, uh, yelled out, stop, drop, and roll. And I just, about like 10, 12 seconds in, I hear that and I stop, drop, and roll. And Manu um, and, and we're dear friends, he had just randomly bought some sort of like war outfit, which which was uh, fire uh, repellent. Mm-hmm. He jumped on me and smothered the flames. So that's how the fire got put out. But 10 to 12 seconds yeah. is a really, really long time. Yeah, it is. I, I have to say, I, th- I think... I was probably seconds away from probably losing my life because say my hair had caught on fire, that's done. Like your 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 face, your head, everything just goes. Mm. So I was just like seconds away from that. Yeah. And you suffered third degree burns out the back of this. Yeah, I suffered third degree burns to about 12% of my body. Wow. Um, and it was interesting, when that situation happened, I was the person who had to take charge. Right, because they they were uh, they were wondering whether I should get on a helicopter or whether they should wait for the ambulance to come. And I remember standing. I can't remember which beach it was, but under is midwinter underneath a shower because some paramedic had phoned in and said just put him under a shower. And I was the guy who made the call. Look, let's just get let's wait for the ambulance because that's the fastest way I get medical attention. Um, and everything everybody was in shock. Um, to be honest, the most painful part of the whole incident. Is so I have skin that's grafted from my thighs, mm. stapled and super glued onto big portions of my arms. So that's when that skin gets taken from your thighs, it's just raw flesh, mm. right? And about eleven days in, it you ne- it needs to get cleaned. So you get put in what's called a burns bath, and these are big swaths of flesh, and they take a toothbrush, <sighs> and then they just start scrubbing. And there's no anesthesia because it's not a surgical procedure. I mean, I feel like you should get this a pass on the, like the anesthesia for that. Torture. <laughs> that, that sounds horrendous. That, that day I was out. That day I was, okay, that was. What, mm. what, what was the sort of, you know, post, you know, what, what happened after, after yeah, all this? It was so funny. Um, so, so I, look, I, I was in, I had to wear Burns garments for two years. Wow. Um, one of the most challenging pieces of this whole episode was I couldn't go to sleep because of the pain. And I, I like I, my, my most formative years were in Auckland City. I love the city. Um, also because for two years, because of the pain, I'd get up and I'd just walk the streets at 2, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And so in many ways, it was just me and the city. Mm. Like we just like bonded. Like it took care of me. Because when you go through something like this, and my family was overseas. I'd move New Zealand by myself. 
So they'd come in, they'd come and helped out for about two to three weeks and they'd gone back to the France. So it was just me and the city. Nobody else really understands or appreciates everything, right? So uh, after that, uh, there was a court case. So um, the government uh, took them to court for an unsafe work environment. And so that was the piece. And I had no clue. I'm a 24-year-old. I didn't know anything. I didn't get proper legal representation. I let the government, you know. Then I remember during the actual court case, because it got suddenly moved from the high courts to another lower court somewhere just the day before the actual case, um, me sitting there going, I don't think this is right. I don't think they're representing me properly. And I remember writing a, le- a note to the judge Hey, I think I should be paid a million dollars worth of damages, yeah. like like some sort of like little note, like just unsophisticated yeah. uh, thing. Um, they find uh, uh, Touchdown Productions sixty grand, of which I got thirty grand. Right. Do, do you, looking back at what you went through, um, the fact that they'd sent the safety officer home, etc. Do you feel like that represents adequate? compensation for two years of your life and suffering? No, absolutely not. But um, no, of course not. I mean, and I, I'm not speaking, I, I'd like to think I'm not saying that from my perspective. No, you, you just sound, from you like sound any, dispassionate, effectively. Yeah, yeah it's, it's uh, that kind of situation should, if someone's life has been put into question in a work environment, that needs to be, there, there needs to be a call to arms, so to speak. But um, honestly, you know, a lot of people ask me if this was a life-changing moment. It wasn't. It was a life-affirming moment for me. Like I always feel like I have a certain level of responsibility to people to step up and keep going. My mom, who was with me at the hospital for two weeks, she got so much out from that. Like ever since then, and even before that, but definitely from that episode, she always knew I was going to be fine because she saw this kid like like with like mummy-like bandages all over the place, like dragging himself, still smiling and just going on. Um, so I'm not angry, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't feel any like negativity, but I, my suspicion is not everybody would react like that. No, I mean, you're definitely a better person than I am. <laughs> I would be, I'd be rinsing that for all it was worth <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the rest of my days, but I love your approach. Yeah. Um, you should be very proud of yourself. Um, we really appreciate you sacrificing yourself so that some 19 years later you could come on um, the, the top recap slash real news slash uh, pop culture podcast in the country, which is to say we're not sure that there is another one. Um, but so we can we can safely say we're the top in that category. Uh, thank you so much not for sharing all. your story. Not at it all. It is a really intense one, but... Um, but weirdly inspirational too, in terms of the, the sort of zen-like uh, kind of way that you've approached it and, and come to understand it. I have to say, and I know that everyone who's listening really, um, really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story. And good luck for all that is ahead of you this year. It's going to be a, a wild year for you. Totally, um, it's a great electorate. Like you know, that's 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 wide open. Yeah, I, I love this electorate, and uh, if I may, uh, it's so important to me to see Auckland City thrive. I, I mentioned those years that I spent walking. It's so important that Auckland City should be safe and thriving and vibrant and exciting. Uh, and I really want to play my part in making that happen. So, um, yeah. Can I say vote for Mahesh in yeah, October totally 14? You just, oh, you thank, just you. Did. thank you. Thank you, you so much. Yeah, thank Nothing you so much. we can do to stop you. Well, yeah. <laughs> two ticks blue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, Amazing. Mahesh. Thank Appreciate you, Mahesh. your time. Thank you so much. Kia ora e tewi, te Aihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.